Hey, everyone, and welcome to Signal from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you here by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the Chief of Serial and Sigilite of the FLG. And I'm Seth the Mad Doc, your competitive correspondent. Kicker, buddy, have you been? Well, Seth, may the fourth be with you. Yes, yes. we're going to talk about nothing but Star Wars for the next 45 minutes. Let's do this right now. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? Go. Okay, I'm joking. This is 40K. We're going to talk about 40K. So I really, I, oh, I'm just going to upset chat tonight. Right, Mission upset chat. I really like Kylo Ren. Oh, really? Wow. No. Come at no. me, chat. Bad, bad answer. I, I was going to say the Jawas. Like, they're not really a the character. Jawas? But just Jawas in general. They don't you know, have a the character. They just make steal things. things. They're still the coolest damn thing in the entire Star Wars universe. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's actually talk about some hobby progress. I have been painting and painting and painting and working and crafting. And boom, right there. Look at those. Those are my... Uh, can you tell what those are going to be? Do you have any idea what those are going to be, Seth? By the way, if you're um, listening to a podcast, you should be watching. I think they are heretical scum that must be purged from this tabletop but i believe they're rangers that is a photo of my <laughs> dire avenger count as oh, so i'm using corsair bodies and eldar uh, scourge helmets to, to kind of make them look like dire avengers a little they're unique looking, from the rest of the other good i will yeah. be very excited to kill them <laughs> i'm all about the kit bashing guys if you're listening to our podcast you should be watching it we are live every wednesday night 9 p.m eastern standard time so you can see all the fun photos we share like my hobby progress seth what have you been up to I uh, I I promised chat that I would uh, I would get some models done for them this week. Ooh. So I actually managed to finish uh, one of my hammerheads. Dang, um, I've dude. been. I mean, did you like, do that with an airbrush? How did you? What, 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 how did you? I mean, airbrush, it was base coated right? with an airbrush, and then everything else was done by hand. Well done, well um, done. But it came out well. Um, this is a model that I've had for about twelve years. Oh, wow. um, so I'm, I finally finished it. I finally finished it. Yay! So I'm happy. I'm. I, it's. I know my tower, not my best looking army, but I, I, I like them. So well, it's cool that you're at least sticking through with a consistent theme, whether the models be painted, you know, yesterday or 12 years ago. So try and yeah. be consistent here. I like it. Man. So like kicker. Uh, is there anything going on in the industry? Oh, geez. I don't know. There was a preview today. Maybe we should talk oh, about that. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So this episode, we do have a guest, so we're not going to spend too much time talking about all the stuff that was at the preview. Guys, you know where to find it. Go to Warcom. Go check it out. There's all the new previews. There's more stuff tomorrow than mm -hmm. more stuff after that than more stuff after that. Right now, though, we had chaos. Today was the day of chaos. Lots and lots of chaos. Uh, personally, I'm not a chaos fanatic. I know there are diehard chaos fans that I, are like- I don't think there are. I mean, oh, come on. There's there so many any, like, chaos fans that are there's a few diehard chaos fanatics mm. that are very excited about all these new models because there are a uh, shit ton of models. I don't know if I'm allowed to, <laughs> I'm just going to say it straight up. Yeah, there's a lot of models. I, I didn't think there were going to be this many. There, new models. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Uh, yeah, that's that's there was a cultists. There was some like HQ group. Yeah. There was different cultists. Yeah, that's what I was cultists. There was like, like possessed. There was the new demon prince. Yeah, they've they've done a and. They've done a lot to update that range, uh, which is good on them. Yeah. Um, they're also, um, I don't know if you you noticed, Kicker, but uh, did you know that they finally uh, maybe previewed there was like another Chaos book coming? Oh, what? Uh, yeah, right? You, yeah, I mean, I yeah. They're finally doing the book of the World updated. Eaters. Yeah. Finally, yeah, yeah. Oh, the World. Oh, you're talking about the World Eaters. Yes, yeah, yes. I think they were showing off the supplement. axes, the, the trademark World our, Eater axes. Our beloved tech priest, Dickie, uh, not with us tonight. Um, 
he uh, he seems to enjoy them. So I'm sure that uh, we will be forced to cover that book more when it comes out, whether we like it or not. It'll just end up in our show notes and, somehow. And guys, those Berserker models they currently have are so old. They they I like what early 2000s. Yeah, and they have these goofy like skipping poses. I like some people say they're charging. No, to me they're just skipping forward. They they yeah. really do need a an update. Um, before we move on from the chaos, I do want to point out something that was really cool from the new releases that no one else I've I've seen has been talking about it. The new Demon Prince. Did you notice that it has a bunch of different head options? Right. There's yeah, one. For each one of the like almost. Yeah, there's a Nurgle, there's a corn. There's a, yeah, yeah, you have one for you, and I'm like, that is awesome. That is. There's also a generic head, right? Too. But I love that they're giving you options here to kind of make your Chaos Demon Prince appropriate for your army. So, so that makes. <laughs> yeah, me I mean, I, I like that. I feel like Demon Princes are like the one thing that every Chaos player is like, oh, Demon Prince. Let me just convert that baby up yeah. and they, <laughs> yeah so but i think this is a great starting point for them getting those those like that bestial head yeah. for corn and then just going nuts from there so yeah and yeah. the, the zinch one or whatever the little beaked one like i love that model okay yeah. so i i don't know i i love when gw i mean he looks like big man in a tiny coat uh, <laughs> a little bit there Oh man, but but I you gotta love when GW gives these, these options to personalize yeah. armor so that we're not obligated to go out and buy multiple kits like I just did in our hobby progress segment earlier to try and make my models feel special and, and, and whatnot. Um, you are special to me, kicker. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Seth. I appreciate that. I want to talk about the knights. We know they're dropping this weekend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, guys, get ready because they're gonna be hitting the table soon. Knights are looking pretty solid. I don't think that they're going to be the the best of the best out there but they're definitely going to be seen at every tournament no doubt about that and the new start collecting box that's a great value a that's a great deal yeah Holy yeah crap. i mean so so just because of the value in that box i'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of chaos knight players hitting the table and then probably next few weeks as they get those yeah as those get built um you're going to be yeah seth is seth 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 is i is I, I will i will probably not buy the models yet yeah. but i'm definitely wanting to to go down that road hobby wise um, yeah yeah, yeah. what are you thinking like a lot of the war dogs or are you thinking about going a few of the big boys the scariest list i've seen is, is a bunch of war dog spam yeah. because those yeah. war dogs can just be a oh yeah totally an sob in combat and there's a bunch of them and it, knights are always um I don't want to call them a gatekeeper because there's certainly some people that can really use them to very yeah. high levels, but they're always one of those armies where it's it's asking you a binary question. Yeah. Do you have the ability to kill large amounts of armor armor, or do you not have that ability? This or not. If you don't, you're done. Yeah. There's no game. You're going to get run over. If you do, okay, you got a game. We'll see how that works yeah. out. Well, now with the new codex is dropping, there's more options than ever for the, the both knight factions. Uh, to, so, yeah. so it'll be fun to see what kind of list evolve from that. Let's jump back to the, the preview really fast. I wanted to mention the squat. Yes, uh, the second squat model. In, uh, I mean, I think you mean the Legion of Votan. Sorry, the Legion. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to use derogatory terms like squat. Yeah, got to be uh, politically correct. The Legion of Voltan. They have a brand new biker model. Um, Not that one. Not That's that not one. Yeah, let's scroll new. down. That's the, That's old, the old ancient model with tires. Yeah. <laughs> our producer says no the first there we go correct. all right look at that sexy. he turned the tires sideways and started hovering it was amazing yeah. so okay knee-jerk reaction honestly don't like the way it looks personally not a fan but do you know what makes up for that is the kick-ass shotgun this guy's throwing like i that is a shotgun he's got right there he's got like the shot i mean like i love that i don't know i mean i'm a sucker for shotguns it's a shotgun revolver it's a shotgun yeah. revolver. It just it's whatever the hell it is. It's a cool gun he's holding, and that makes up for the rest of the model for me personally. Yeah. What do you think, Seth? Are you liking this model? I'm I'm in for it. Yeah. I I I think they're very interestingly aesthetically. I'm again. I we've we've talked about it before. I want to see them have a unique play style. Yeah. I mean, I know 
I got into the game third edition. By third edition, it was gone. Squats were, were yeah. They, yeah, the yeah, mids yeah. ate them all. Uh, the, the biomass was consumed. So I know nothing. Um, well, let's see how they play. Looks like they're yeah. going to have some pretty. Cool, I mean, obviously they're all they're all new models, but I'm, I'm really curious to see the the. the I mean, if you have that model, that one, that old one right there, yeah, yeah the bring it tricycle. out, put it on the table. <laughs> I I will tip my non-existent hat to you, sir. Oh yeah, yeah, you win regardless if you're playing with a, a vintage uh, Legion army. Um, okay, one other big announcement from today, guys, was the new chapter approved is coming. Yay or nay? I don't care. Some people are very happy. Some people are like, oh, geez, another book. It's going to be nice because it's going to balance out the game even more. Some cool updates regarding how CP is going to be handed out. But most importantly, Seth, I'm going to let you say, what's the big, what's the really big news here? Go. <clears throat> say it. He's preparing. Yeah, there we go. Stretching, stretching. Three points updates. Yes. yes, you heard it here first on Signals from the Frontline. If you didn't read Warcom, yes, yeah. you will be getting <laughs> free point morning. updates, yeah. which is that, I think that is... Going to a system of free points updates, I think, is one, it's needed. And two, it opens up a lot of options for them balance-wise. They can update points. They can update that document more frequently mm -hmm. than they update a mission packet. And so that allows for them to adjust some things as the meta evolves and changes over time. That's so, huge, man. That's huge. Yeah, I've, I mean, everyone's been calling for it for a while, and, and it's here. Um, I do think the book's a little earlier than I was anticipating because they said, you know, two books a year, and the first one came out late January, early February. Um, so that's... it's. They, it's have, they haven't said a release date yet. So yeah, they haven't yet. So we can speculate, but as of right now, we don't have a confirmed release date. So it might be, you know, six months after the first one, but we'll, we'll have to give it some time. We'll yeah, some time. I mean, I... I I would be, you know, six months is like, you know, late July, early August. Um, I think that's fine if it comes out in that time frame. I would not be surprised if we saw it late June, early July, yeah. though. Um, yeah. I would be, I wouldn't say unhappy with that, but um, that's when Charity Hammer is. Yeah. And, uh, and last Charity Hammer, I was scrambling to learn an orc codex that had come out like four days before I had to leave. Uh, so if I could go to another charity hammer and try to play on stream and entertain people and not have to learn a new set of rules, that'd be great. See, uh, see, Seth, the entire GW Corporation's sole plan is to make your life complicated. That's all they're doing. My, my life specifically. Yes, revolves around you, Seth. Yeah, I know. Um, guys, you. I do want to talk about some new products coming out from not just GW, but from Frontline Gaming. Check these things out. These are objective markers that are designed to match the mat you play on. So if you've got a, a desert-themed mat, well, guess what? You can get objective markers that will imagine, you know, that match that. So, the, you know, it, it kind of keeps you immersed in the, uh, the universe. There we go. Okay, if you're looking right now on screen, you can see some of the examples. We've got a forest one. Basically, yeah. these are, are already, you know, our, our mats you know and love, but just put into circular objective marker sizes with a little, you know, you know, crosshatch pattern. Or, uh, is is pattern. there a perhaps a, a FLG employee with a large cookie cutter? Uh, <laughs> at, at your facility is that what's going on here yes that's exactly well i mean it's it's, it's leo leo is in there with just a, a cookie yeah, cutter just boom, boom. it's a little bit more sophisticated than a cookie cutter but yeah we basically have a large cookie cutter cutting out mats <laughs> into objective markers which is which is perfect which is perfect i mean dude that's one of my big things is we play this very cool immersive game and i yeah. really don't want to be detracted you know distracted by too many objective markers that take away from my like my imagination my creativity my, my immersion so this is really kind of cool now we will be rolling out more and more of those objective markers in different uh, themes yeah. to fit the different 
Um, guys, I, I want to remind you also ACOs coming up. We would like to ask you guys to stay on site. Obviously, this helps us tremendously mm -hmm. because we, you know, are obligated to get people to stay on site to, to help the venue to offset the cost of the venue space. But also, staying on site is just a better option. We have another week before the discounted room rates will no longer be discounted. You'll be paying the full price. So, if you are thinking about coming to the ACO, or if you're already coming to the ACO and you're not sure where to stay, get your room discount uh, rate locked in now and help Frontline Gaming out. Uh, I wanted to also say that Thomas Alvarez, who won the limo, he won the limo ride that we're raffling away. So he he's getting picked up by limo to and from. We have another raffle taking place uh, that we're picking for next week, sorry. And that's the yeah. winner of the free stay and free meal at the ACO. Uh, so we are doing a few different Thomas fun raffles. Too. Yeah, say what? What if Thomas uh, wins that too? Oh, Thomas is not. You can't win two of it. You can't win two. Oh, That's not allowed. I'm gonna. If he wins two, I'm just pulling him. Uh, you know what? If he wins two, I'm, I'm voting for him to win the damn tournament. Um, food. Okay. And so we've also talked about uh, the Las Vegas team tournaments coming up as well. Yes, I know September is still a little ways away, but we're already working on the format for that. Yeah, you're, you were talking about getting ready for LVO already. Yeah, we're all over the LVO six months. We got a lot. We got a lot to plan on, man. But I, the big thing that's very, uh, I don't use the word controversial, but people really are eager to discuss the format for these team tournaments. Cast your vote. We have a poll. Uh, tell yeah. us what format you want. Basically, uh, differential or win-loss. I know. What, what do you think, Seth? What, what is your personal opinion on this? I think Go a lot of, I think differential adds um, an interesting layer to, to list planning and, and pairings, but it is a bit of a barrier for newer teams. So mm -hmm. I, I see both sides of it. I personally like variety in 40k. Mm -hmm. I don't. I like different terrain sets. I like different. I like different missions when there was multiple. So you want the differential? So I, I, I'm interested in that. differential because it would make that event different than just going to a singles event. Okay, let me you just pull see up different lists, see different matchups. I'm pulling up the poll there's, right now. Right now, there's a for a kicks cereal eating contest at ACL. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm all for having a kicks cereal eating contest. I I can support that. Thank you, chat. I I would love that. Um, I'm pulling up the the current poll right now. By far, um, the differential. I can't say that word. The D differential. Word, differential that is winning the uh, the the poll right now. So, uh, you know, this is not a you know, nothing's finalized yet. But that looks yep. like the format that's winning. Um, Seth, let's just say one last thing about Cruise Hammer because I I'm obligated to remind you guys that if you cruise hammer you've got your last opportunity to get your discounted cruise rate uh it's for that it's all inclusive it's amazing that ends next wednesday so, so nice. make sure you get your get uh, on that boat and then last but not least the bao is happening later this month and we have the one and only val gonna be there corresponding matt demecki of uh, dice check and magic carp use fly fame will be there uh, the whole the whole family i think adam camilleri so you do not want to yeah. miss there's there's this BAO. guy that you Oh, there's remember. this guy. Yes, Vanguard Tactics will yeah. be having their workshop there. You do not want to miss that. So if you know he sold out at Las Vegas. So if you're thinking about going not, and not sold out as in like <laughs> lost his soul. But thank you, but. Seth. Yes. His Vanguard Tactics workshop class did sell at LVO. We can only have a few uh, we have we have to have significantly less people at BAO just because of space. But uh yeah, so a lot happening at BAO later this week. Uh all right, Seth, why don't we jump into the FLGN news? Yeah, we're going to get through this pretty quick because I know we've had our guests on the hook for a bit here. Uh, Grim After Dark had, uh, in my opinion, their best guest back on uh, Taylor for Taylor. Um, and they introduced a new running meme called Seth O'Vision, which is them just slapping my face next to the rest of their memes. Oh, that sounds great. I feel, Love it. I feel like they're just getting lazy at this point. You know, they're just, they got to try harder. I, and I told, them, I told them as much behind the scenes that if they really want to come at me, they got to try harder than that. 
Um, Chapter Tactics tackled the new NID Codex, uh, which sounds like it's going to be quite fierce. So give that a listen if you want to get yourself brushed up on what the hive mind is planning. Um, And then War Games Live uh, is at Hero Complex Games uh, on his way to uh, the Motor City Mayhem. Um, was just talking to Joe before the show, and he was he was kind of feeling down, kicker. You know Aww. why? Why was he feeling well, down? GW streaming this weekend, the Seattle. Whew. And he was like, he was worried he wasn't going to get a lot of viewers. Oh, so no, but come I, on. I, Joe's stream is amazing, guys. Yeah, I, I, I said, don't worry about it, buddy. I think you'll still get plenty of folks jumping in. But that being said, kicker, let's launch into our main segment, the thing that everyone is here for. Yes. Mark. No, no um, one cares about us. Let's bring welcome in. Welcome back, you know. our beloved uh, writer, um, I believe his term is brain, the Statstad. Is that the uh, new yes, uh, our, our new Dr. Statstad, Nathan Heading, um, <laughs> recently minted doctor, uh, here to explain to us um, why Wait, everything you... is fine and you're wrong. He's, so, and he literally is a doctor now, a doctor of stats. Yes. I mean, he has a... I'm not a... I am a doctor, but not of stats. No, 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 no. We just run with it. It's cool. It's fine. Okay, fine. You, okay, you we'll have, just we'll say this doctorate is in statistics. You, we good. here at the Frontline Gaming University uh have bestowed upon you an honorary doctorate of 40k stats we are we are totally an accredited institution it's okay (laughs) perfect 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 uh let's uh so just take a quick look at it nathan's just checking out his internet real fast seth do you want to give a little background where nathan like he's got a he's got a blog on our he's got an article nathan Nathan runs uh started off writing a number of articles um i would say he's the the spiritual successor to our beloved uh peter the falcon (laughs) Um, Peter was not able to take up that mantle in, in the stats world. Um, and so Nathan and a few, uh, fellows who I believe are here with him in chat tonight, um, have, have stepped up to fill that void and provide the stats that we so lovingly need to make our informed opinions. Um, he started off writing articles, uh, for frontline gaming and he actually, uh, spun off into doing his own weekly show. Uh, is that right? Can you hear us, Nathan? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you guys just fine. Yeah, so we do Fight Club uh, every week as part of the Best in Tabletop Network. Uh, Every Tuesday, Ines, Anthony, and I go through the meta talking Mm -hmm. about last week's tournament results. And then now that I've finished my dissertation, I have time again to start writing meta analysis articles for Frontline Gaming. So that will be starting probably next week. So we'll start putting those up again. Um, I do not want to get into the weeds here, but we do have to ask you because you've asked us to revisit your personal favorite sugary breakfast cereal selection because you were getting a lot of uh, shame uh, for your previous uh, choice, you said. So what is your favorite sugary breakfast cereal and choose wisely? I went back into the way, way back machine to think about what I used to love as a kid. And it's really Captain Crunch Oops All Berries or one of the Count Chocula series of cereals like uh, Frankenberry. I knew you were a classy gentleman. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm so happy to hear these things. Okay. Now let's talk about the stats in the meta. Seth, why don't you – you got the the first thing you want to – I guess to understand where we are now from a stats standpoint, I think we need to look back at where we were in the last few months in terms of army prevalences and win rates. And I know that you've been cooking some numbers up for us, Nathan. Um, and and I let let's t- take it away. Yeah, let's see. Um, so actually, I decided to add some visuals that were generated by Cliff, who's a member of the Stats Illuminati. That is essentially Thank me, Curie, and Cliff. I think we have no power is, is data visualization, but this is a visualization of GT performance since February. 
if it's still there. I think it might just be my face. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. So we'll put a link in the show notes. You can look at GT performance, and it has a bunch of filters on it. So you can take a look at the changes in the meta. And then also on there is a sub-faction win rates and games played feature Ooh. as well. Ooh. And also the data visualization comes with some guides for how best to read it based on where win percentages are and like where we kind of look for Goldilocks zones there in the go. stats. So you can kind of see that Goldilocks zone of about 45 to 55%, and then anything above 55 or anything below 45 essentially being where we consider a problem area. And then once you get even further outside of those, you see factions that are in dire need of balancing. And so the graph that we put up here is everything since Cherokee, essentially. Okay, yeah. Um, so this as is a of summation weekend, of all basically? the data. It's, it's up yep, to date as this weekend. Okay, cool. Yeah, they and they work all weekend collecting data. I check in with these guys. They don't they don't take a stop. We don't they stop. Don't we never there stop. Are no breaks, kicker. Do you want to give us some highlights? Because it looks like Ultramarines is not doing too good, which is not a surprise, obviously. No. So when you really break down this data, a lot of Space Marine factions have suffered for a long time. So in a lot of our analytics that we do down the pipe a little bit more, we look at mostly kind of combining all the marine factions together otherwise they like pull the graph all the way down because there are a lot of marine factions that are in the like 40-ish percentage <sighs> area and that really hasn't changed across metas so really in this larger meta what we have are three smaller metas so you have the meta immediately after cherokee which was essentially what i like to call the tau custodes meta yes and then that transitions into the harlequins meta <laughs> and then that transitions into our post data slate meta, which might be fairly short lived depending on how fast that chapter approved comes out, because then we'll have a chapter approved 2022 meta essentially at that point. Yeah. Or Nihilist or whatever they out. called it. Yep. And we'll have knights and we'll have a few other things changing. We'll see whether knights have a big impact, a big enough impact to say they've formed their own meta. Yeah. But really, I've named those metas after the factions that really shaped them. So I'm going to talk a little bit from spreadsheets now. I think this is where we're going to kind of lose out on our visualizations. But if you want to go look at that chart and you want to play around with it, I will make sure that a link is included and you should go see it because Cliff has done some amazing work and you can break he it has. down by sub-factions in each faction for their own win rates and how wow. often people are playing those factions. So take a look. So when we look back at Cherokee, that's really when we had that Tau and Custodes meta, right? So we had Tau and Custodes at... 68.2 for Tau and 65.9% win rates for Custodes. And then we had Tyranids, Force of the Hive Mind, Drakari, and Chaos Demons kind of pulling up behind that. And those factions, especially Tau and Custodes, were hitting like the 20 to 25% of the meta at that point. So we saw those two factions even going over Space Marine faction representation at that point. And that was kind of the characterizing feature of that meta in particular. We've got, we've got a live view of the screen. There you go, Producer Val playing around on the back end. And so that kind of goes through the first part of March, right when the Codex mm -hmm. Eldari was released. And then about a week after that, March 13th, March 20th, depending on how you want to view it, based on how tournaments started taking up things, you started to see the Harlequin meta come in. And this is where things kind of got really shifty. This is where we started to see numbers that I'm sure everybody remembers, where we saw near 80% win rates out of Harlequins. Yeah. We saw Harlequins jump up from, oh, less than 1% representation faction to a 5.6% representation faction in the meta, which a five times jump in 
meta rep is a lot, especially for a relatively rare faction. And over yeah. the whole period of the Quinn's meta, what we really saw was a 76.5% win rate. Jeez. And that was, we didn't have Custodes yeah. Eldari, which is pure craft world Eldars for folks. And then Tau and then Tyranid still kind of pulling it up in above 55% win rates. And you still had at that point, because it's pre-data slate, you still had Custodes at about 12 and Tau at about 11. So you still had about 20 to 25% of the meta basically made up of Tau and Custodes. And I like that we're pulling up these individuals. So you can see how this works for this chart and how you can see the win rates of individual sub-factions as well over time. And you can yes, also change those date ranges chart. on the chart as well. Yeah. And then finally, just recently, in the last few weeks, we've created this new meta kind of centered around the Tyranids book, but more centered around the data slate. Because what we've really seen is a return of Space Marine factions to the competitive scene. So just these last couple of weeks, what we've really seen is about an 18% representation for Marine factions, which is a big jump. We'd actually seen Custodes by themselves surpass Marine numbers in the meta. And then when you have basically one faction kind of over-representing something like half of the factions in 40k almost at that point, probably have a problem especially when that faction's the poster boy of every games workshop release ever yeah. and so now we have tyranids though in the top spot so tyranids are the newest book they are very good and they're sitting at a 65.2 percent win rate and they're about 10 percent of the meta so they've jumped from about five to seven percent which is where they were during kind of the crusher stampede days to yeah. about 10 percent of the meta now which represents a pretty big jump and then right behind them, you have Harlequins who have dropped quite a bit from 5% to 3%. I know my camera's freezing a lot. And then you have Craftworld Eldar who are at 9.3%. Eldari who have gone up to one2 And then interesting, and this is the thing that I like to see the most, people talk about the Golden Cliff for meta representation a lot. So you mm -hmm. would see Custodes as the most represented overall faction and then a big jump before the next faction. Mm -hmm. And now we've got Custodes sitting at about 6%. Okay, cool. Cool. So Custodes have started to relax, and then Tau have also started to relax. They've dropped down to about eight. Yep. And then makes sense. Have there all those factions? Have the Tau uh, win rate really significantly dropped? I mean, do you have that off the top of your head? Just I mean, so we do only have a cut about three hundred and seventy-three games right now. Mm -hmm. So win rate is a statistic that I use because it's really easy to interpret, mm -hmm. but it gets more powerful as you get more games added to okay. it. Um, but they're at about a 53.4, which is considered to be in the band where you yeah. would consider them to be balanced. It's acceptable, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and they, yeah. for reference, they were in the high 60s at their peak. You know? mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I think that's that's interesting to me that we've seen... Oh, so this is the filter for the last three weeks, uh, according to yeah. our producer, Val. Um, yep. I'm assuming, uh, Nathan, take us through this. The colors... Uh, What's the color indications here? We got so blues and reds, essentially. Each each square uh, will be a faction, and then in that square around them will be the number of sub-factions and how represented they are determines the size of the square, essentially. Okay, cool. So okay. You can see for Tyranids there in the upper left-hand corner, you it's have Leviathan, Leviathan, and it's mostly Leviathan, and they have a 65% win rate. And then if you go slightly to the right, you can see Behemoth, and then to the right, right again. Yeah. All right, yeah. Dude, this is such a cool tool that you have yeah. here. I mean, people. Need so to I'm guessing. I'm guessing blues are higher win percentages. It's, like, it's a heat map essentially, and reds are lower win percentages. I would have to is double that... check with uh, Cliff, Cliff to make sure. 
Yeah, Cliff, if you're but in I chat, buddy, that let that me know and I'll, I'll relay it to the audience here. Yes, it also helps to visually break down just nearness to each other as well. Yeah. So that is definitely a really cool tool. I'm excited to mess around with it as soon as we get off the air. Um, and we'll definitely uh, get that link from you and share that out for the folks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see kind of just for what fo what a lot of folks felt, uh, self-included, you know, like I thought the tower nerfs were pretty soft, but it them dropping, you know, almost 12% in a win rate. Yeah, um, significant. It's a pretty big, pretty big jump. Yeah. So they're still doing well at events. It's important yeah. to note. Like they're still winning events. They won two GTs just this last weekend. So Tower definitely not out of the meta. And Look, what I we're need starting you to downplay to... how good Tower are so people don't yell at me for being a Tower <laughs> gamer. Okay. I'm definitely not. So what I'm going to say is that after two weeks of data, you don't really want to draw too many conclusions about how things are doing and whether they're good or bad. And a lot of the things are also that you're adapting to a new army that's kind of come into the mm -hmm. scene. So Tyranids are very good and they've become a lot more present. And then you've also have Marines kind of surging back in popularity. Hell and you yeah. also saw Marines take two and then Grey Knights take one. So you've got a lot more power armor. And you saw, I believe an Art of War member ended up taking Sisters to go seven to one at the Dallas yep. Open. Yep. So you've got people starting to make more success with factions that had previously been considered kind of in the dumpster. Although yeah. I will say that our poor Astro Militarum friends, I know that a lot of people were very hyped about the buffs that they received about Hammer of the Emperor being sixes to hit auto yeah, wound. It's not enough. And these last couple of weeks, we have them about a 2.2% of the rep meta representation and then a 23.8% win rate. 23? <laughs> Which is actually more. lower than before the data slate. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> No, oh. so so just a hot take here. Uh, Nids, do we think that they are more powerful than before with the Crusher Stampede? Oh yeah, I think yeah. they're better than they were with just Crusher Stampede and old data slates. Mm -hmm. So one of the things oh. that is very commonly said is that Crusher took bad data slates and made them good with more rules and stratagems. Mm -hmm. And what they did with the new book is they took a lot of those previously bad data slates and made them really good. Um. So it's kind of nice that in the balanced data slate, they decided to take out Crusher Stampede because otherwise we would have had good data slates and really good rules creating oh, yeah. probably a Harlequins-esque kind of problem, which is less yeah. interesting. Yeah. It gets to a point where you see just one list repeated over and over again. And I'm going to tell all of you that after I've read the 20th Custodes list during the Custodes meta, where it was all emperors chosen and they were all the same. I got really tired of saying the same things over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. There was a point where I started to copy and paste explanations. <laughs> all right. Uh, Nathan, before we sign, sign off and start moving over into the, uh, the hobby track and comp track, I, I, right now, who's going to win the next few major events? Like call it the army. That's the, what's the army that's going to rise to the top for the next, let's call it next month. What's the, what's the one to watch? So I would really watch Craft World Eldar. Okay. Um, Nick Nanavati kind of proved a point, I think, mm -hmm. at the Dallas Open by taking them to a win at a super ma a major or super major. I can't remember. I never remember the breakdowns for events and player count anymore. <laughs> but I think Nanavati proved that there's a lot of room there for a very skilled player to kind of go through the meta. Mm -hmm. And several players used power armored armies to go through multiple Tyranids lists. So I think there's mm -hmm. room there for people to play into Tyranids. 
But I do think we'll probably see kind of an event split between Tyranids and Craftworld Eldar once people kind of get the reins of Tyranids and once we kind of see how high-level high players play with Craftworld in an environment that is a little bit more friendly to them. Yeah. Hey, have we seen Naden uh, take to the field yet with updated Eldar? I mean, I haven't seen him. No. From my understanding, he's a... Uh... He's in WTC prep time. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Anyway, let's hop into the uh, competitive news, uh, and then we can get to some listener questions and wrap this one up. Um, I'm not going to do a meta update because that man did it much better than I ever could. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but stick with us, Nathan. We enjoy having you. I'll be here. Excuse me. For our uh, 40 pay, 40K competitive track, our number one is Manny Chima, still the reigning mm-hmm. uh, spammy Chima. I love you, Manny, but... That nickname just works too well, man. Number two, Matt Robertson. Number three, Thomas Ogden. Number four, Mike Porter. And number five, it still pains me to say this, Ennis Wilson. Please, can someone score more points and knock him out of the top five? <laughs> just his ego. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We just, someone, someone. Just, Nathan, you have to agree with me, buddy. He's your co-host. No, I love Ennis. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Sam. Okay. I see who you love more. Um, let's get into the hobby track photo. Uh, Don't make me choose between my children. No. <laughs> children. I think I'm older than you. Uh, number one, Morgan Tempe. Number two, Jamie Pirazzolo. Number three, Linton Rowan. Number four, Jacob Thayer. Number five, Eric Mullins. And Kicker, you had some photos you wanted to show off here. Yeah, let's let's pull down these beautiful, beautiful photos of John. Oh, no, we're not no. going to pull down. Uh, we don't have the photos. They are no. not ready. They are uh, not ready. We have we some beautiful go. models from, from we'll one of our friends. We'll get to those next time, folks. Yes, we'll one of our friends overseas sent us some photos. We'll send them yeah. next time. Let's check out the AS, AOS competitive track. Uh, number one, Thomas Guan. Number two, Jordan Duncan. Number three, Matt uh, Guyan. I'm going to try to say it that way. I think someone was, oh, Gwen, someone told me to say not the end. Number four, Levin Sichinanavwa. I probably missed that one up. Uh, and number five, uh, Mitch Kawaja. That sounds great. That yeah. one I definitely messed up. No, that's perfect. You get that. Right. Uh, hobby track. This is where things get a little easier for me. Number one, Matt Abbott. Number two, Robert Snyder, which once again, no one has proved to me that it is not Ryan Snyder in a mustache. Well, he already has a mustache. In a trench coat <laughs> playing AOS. Uh, number three, Tim Ham. Number four, Carl Rohr. And number five, Aaron Newbaum. And that is your uh, ITC recap for the week. Uh, chat. Uh, get those questions in if you got them. Uh, I saw one right there. What do you guys think about uh, Chaos Knights at the moment? Um, we were just we were talking about that a little bit pre-air. Um, you know, most of that codex has already been leaked uh, and previewed, so we we have a good idea of what's coming. You know, the 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 various YouTubers that have access to it have already uh, let that out into the wild. Um, I I definitely think there's some scary uh, Warglaive builds. Uh, what do you what do you think there, Nathan? So I'm not as excited as other people are about Chaos Knights. I'm not a nice player, but I'm I'm not as excited. I'm not as concerned, but I also haven't had time to sit down and deep dive the Chaos Knights Codex. All right. So one of the things you to do is I'm gonna need you to play against your co-host Anthony with his like nine Arbinger or Warglaive, whatever Warhound thing, and then Mm -hmm. you come back to me and tell me how you feel. Okay, guys, one thing we gotta do rules put aside, knights like custodies, quick army to build and get on the table. So, so who cares about how good or bad the rules are? You're going to see them. So be prepared to take on giant big robots with a lot of wounds because that's going to yeah. be there for at least – I mean, it, people are going to get – probably in a week, you'll start seeing the tables, you know, getting bombarded with the stuff. Definitely. 
Make sure that you've got enough stuff to deal with T8 bodies with invulnerable saves and lots of wounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, this is a good uh, question that uh, stats, Dr. Statsad can answer. Can demons perform outside of the Bellacore subfaction? No. No, no, no. There you go. no, not up for debate. No, right. Captain Andrew, I'm sorry, but uh, stats dad has spoken, and the answer is no. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Demons are in a really bad spot uh, outside of Bellacor and that like greater demon spam. Yeah. And if, I... I'm, if I'm reading the tea leaves, <laughs> I'm guessing that they're going to be one of the last books updated because they specifically said in the preview for the new Warzone uh, mission book that. They were updating a lot of codex stuff, but also adding new stuff for demons and guard because they're probably not getting a codex. Yeah, those are just patches. Those are patches. Keep them together. Yeah, I'm, Keep them yeah. I'm guessing we won't see demons until like maybe right before World Eaters or something like that at this point. Uh, we got another question. Is, do you think we're going to see uh, White Scars coming back as the dominant Space Marine build? No. So, so we've been seeing the no, <laughs> no. I no, love so, this. Is the hot thing you've got me here for? Yes or no? no. So, so we do know <laughs> salamanders, uh, black templars right now are, are are doing really well with the armor of contempt and whatnot. There, I would be remiss in uh, saying that um, <laughs> there's a, there's a very uh, opinionated British man I know that would uh, be mad if I did not mention Iron Hands. Iron Hands, yeah, yeah. I don't think white scars it's, are going to be uh, making it the cut this season. I think Blood Angels have some play, but Salamanders are the easy choice. Mm-hmm. Ooh, um, I've I've had a few good games into uh, Death Watch. Cool. And they, Death Watch they, is a good pick. They, and they should be theoretically well positioned, you know, tech and strat wise for countering Eldar and Nids and Tau potentially. Dark Angels are another one that's really good. Terminators got a lot out of Armor of Contempt. Yeah. Especially when you can stack Armor of Contempt with Transhuman. Yeah. And Asriel, say, giving them all four up and vulnerable save, and their native five up and vulnerable save, and then minus one damage from incoming. And then you you can really access to to a five up, ignore mortal wounds. Yep. Yeah. I I may have played against uh, (laughs) a fellow host on this network, uh, Danny the Moist McDevitt, uh, with his 35 Deathwing Terminators, and that list was unpleasant. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Uh, final question. Uh, what do you guys feel about Necrons in the current meta? No. Yeah. No. That's, that's how you feel is no. <laughs> you are. What you didn't hear behind the scenes, folks, is producer Val said it's like Peter's here. Yeah, you're doing a damn good job of uh, filling his shoes, my friend. Um, no, uh, it is we a shame. Love you, that- Peter. You know, it is a shame that the Necrons were the poster boys, the bad guys in the beginning of the you know edition. But they're just they're just even with a little boost here and there, they're just still struggling. I'm yeah. I'm kind of hoping that because they're on the cover of the new chapter approved, yeah, that maybe they'll get something out of it. That would be really cool, right, guys? Really nice. All of a sudden, that that would be great if yeah, Necrons be could great. be decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not depressing. All right. All right. Um, with that, let's no. wrap this one up for the night. No, we're not. We're going to go forever. Okay. No, um, we're going to keep going for a while. Nathan, it's like my toddler. So just no, no. Thank you so much no. for coming on, Nathan. We really appreciate having you. Do you have any final thoughts for the audience before we send you uh, to bed? The beer? I mean, to bed? You're, well, A, it's a pleasure, as always, to be on this show. I love being on here, and I love being able to provide people with stats that hopefully are useful or at least somewhat informative. 
And I continue to be enamored by the fact that I get to be on all the podcasts that I used to listen to every week. So that's always fun. So audience, just be good to each other. Be good sports. Don't yeah. get tilted. Be there kind. Yes. Kick your final thoughts for the I night. Think, I think Nathan said it best, guys. Just be nice to each other. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline. Have a great week, and we will see you next Wednesday. Good night, guys.